Your Locked On Canucks, your daily podcast on the Vancouver Canucks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another episode of Locked On Canucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Nick Bondi, and with me today, as always, my brilliant co-host, Lachlan Irvin. Lachlan, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Bondi. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. You know what? Training camp has officially started. You know, it's like the first day of school for a lot of people covering hockey, right? It's like that first day of school vibe, and I'm really excited to finally talk about some action on the ice. It's been a while, and now we can finally get get to it, right? Yeah, it's like the first day of school, uh, particularly this year, if the if you'd spent your entire summer vacation on the island from Lost, because we've just been <laughs> gone for the last two, like almost two years, at least a year and a half, like at least, uh, not being able to see anybody, not being able to go to games necessarily. And so now you're getting to see like clips of, of like, you know, all the media people at uh training camp. You're seeing fans in the stands at the, in Abbotsford. It's, it's so, it's good to be back. It's good to be back to uh, uh whatever this new normal kind of is right now. Yeah, absolutely. And as we mentioned, we've got a lot of stuff, stuff to talk about uh, in training camp. But first we have to talk about anytime Jim Benning has a media availability. I feel like it has to lead any Canucks podcast, right? Like it's, it's a rare sighting from Jimbo. And we had one yesterday, the, uh, all the big J journalists got together and decided to ask, uh, Jim Benning a bunch of questions. And, uh, presumably, uh, as everyone thought there was going to be a lot of questions on, uh, Elias Patterson and Quinn Hughes. Like, I feel we're going to be leading with this topic a lot until, uh, either one of them or, pro- or both of them are, uh, are signed. And, uh, he said pretty much that he's disappointed that they're not going to be there for the start of camp. And he doesn't think they're far away with uh, CAA, which is the agency that uh, represents uh, both Lewis Patterson and Quinn Hughes. Now, uh, Darren Drager, right after that, uh, a.k.a. Mr. Uh, CAA, as he's known on Twitter, he's very plugged in with uh, with CAA, said they're actually not close at all. So a little negotiation over Twitter uh, going on there. Uh, he also said that uh, his organization will be 100% vaccinated by the start of the season. Uh, he also said Sutter isn't going to be available uh, to start, which is quite surprising. Well, not even surprising. Like, we're already starting the Sutter injury thing. Hamnick, uh, sorry, is going to be eventually there at training camp. There's some sort of holdup. Rumors online saying he hasn't been vaccinated yet. But, I mean, if, if the report is true that everyone's going to be 100% vaccinated, and you kind of do have to be if you're on a Canadian team with all the border travel, right? So yeah. it sounds like I, I assume he's going to be vaccinated Something. at some point. Sounds like it's something else. Sounds like it's uh, unrelated to that, yeah, which is and, good, uh, and, which is good. And Justin Bailey has tested positive, apparently he tested positive trying to get at the border. So he's uh, he's yeah. going to be missing a bit of time at, uh, at training camp. Lachlan, your thoughts on uh, on Jim Benning's press availability? Oh, I think he, um, I think he did. I think he did a, a good job at at least uh, instilling faith in the direction of the teams, like for the short term. Like you can't talk too much about Pedersen and Hughes right now, just because of uh, how much, like how long it's going to take until that gets done. Obviously, that's the most pressing thing on everybody's mind. But as far as like the way that they're entering training camp, like it's good to know that everybody's coming in 100% vaccinated. You know that you're going to have more or less a a, a very large a large group of players that you didn't have before a much bigger uh training cap at your disposal than in years past and 
just being able to really give the opportunities to some players to see them really like get to show their stuff and potentially fight for that playoff spot is great. Um, obvious or for that, uh, for that roster spot, I should say, um, obviously the Pedersen thing is the biggest worry though. Um, you know, uh, you know, Jim Benning's obviously not going to come out and be like, Oh, we're far, we're far apart. We're decades apart. It's, yeah. uh, it's, he has I'm, very I'm little I'm leverage as out. is. He has very little yeah. leverage as is like, he's not going to blow up his spot by saying like, we desperately want them here. Right. Like that's not, that's yeah. not negotiating one-on-one. No, absolutely not. And, Sorry, that is negotiating um, 101. That is, that is what it, not, not yeah, negotiating 101 would be saying, like, we need him, please come back. Yeah, exactly. And with, um, you know, the reports that came out right away, pretty quick after that, there, you know, there, there's a, there's clearly still a gap there. It, it, it's really going to come down to the question of who kind of jumps first on this, because I mean, clearly there's no extra money coming in. Not, not at least until, say, Michael Furland is officially on IR. I mean, I believe he's technically already there now. Um, but there's no extra money coming in. So it's just a matter of are, how much like serious negotiating do you really still need to do? Are you trying to hold out and are just refusing to, to, uh, to, to, to jump off of your existing number and deal, or are you willing to make the sacrifice? And at the end of the day, that's kind of what it's going to come down to. How desperate are you to get them to training camp, to preseason, or to regu- the, the first game of the regular season? Yeah, and it sounds like the holdup is Elias Patterson and Quinn Hughes want that long-term money, right? They want like the the big salary over long-term, and Jim Benning and the Canucks are like, well, we can't really offer you that. How about a bridge deal at a bit lesser salary? And then you know, and you know what? Like, if I'm Elias Patterson and Quinn Hughes, like we said it before on this podcast, right? I think both of them are signing matching three-year, eight million dollar deals. That was my prediction at the at the start of all of this when it when it seemed like there was going to be some sort of of holdout. If I'm Elias Patterson and Quinn Hughes, why not bet on yourself? Take that three-year short bridge deal, and then you know re-up in three years, and you can probably get at, at like the same salary at the very least. Or even a bit more, right? Like take a three-year deal, three times eight, and then see, and then bet on yourself. If Leas Patterson tears it up for the next three years, at eight million. He's worth like ten, ten and a half if he wants to re-sign after that on a long-term deal, right? I oh, un, undoubtedly so. I mean, he's only going to get better from here. I don't think there's any doubt that he, whatever bridge deal they offer him, most likely he is going to break the ceiling on that value pretty quickly. The, the the main thing, obviously, just being the fact that, you know, already they're arguably, you know, they're arguably worth more than the Canucks are going to offer them. Like, I don't think anybody's under that, the impression that they're offering for too, asking for too much money, uh, other than the fact that, you know, the team doesn't have it. Um, they're, they're, they just want their value at this point, which is already pretty high. And that's being proven by the contracts that we've seen handed out in the last few days. That's been proven by... You know the contracts handed out to other players in the past. It's it sucks that it's gotten to this point, um, but it, it does seem like there we're we're reaching a point where it really is going to come down to betting on yourself, and more importantly, the Canucks having to bet on the ability to sell a vision to them that they don't seem to be able to sell them on right now. Yeah, and. I think, you know, we talked about this on the last show, which you can go listen to. It's important for the Canucks to get these guys signed and have some sort of salary structure again, right? Like, we do not want a, a situation where, you know, a guy like Louis Erickson 
is making the most on its on the team and he's in the press box 90 percent of the games right like we don't want another one of those uh situations the connects certainly uh don't want it so it's important to get them at the right number but again i just keep coming back to elias Pettersson seems like the new mold of hockey player right he seems he's a guy who's flashing the balenciaga on instagram he's doing like the twitch streams and everything like he's very in tune with like you know, the modern day way he's a marketer's dream in this. He he's, a, he's a, yeah, he's a promoter's dream. Like the, exactly. the team could be doing so much with him. So if you, if you're Elias Patterson, I'm, I'm betting on myself. I take a three year deal, eight, eight million per, and then see if I can get that big payday in three years time. Right. Right. It, uh, it, it's, it's getting, it's getting there, especially, you know, the Canucks obviously want the bridge deal as well because it buys them more, you know, it buy it buys a few RFA years without buy, without seeping into that that precious UFA status, and I think that's really the biggest holdup for them is the is the fact that they want the ability at like every player they want the leverage that they deserve and they oh uh, they want the ability to uh, come back to the negotiating table on the next contract and say well if this team's not working I don't I don't want to stay. And that's kind of, and that seems to be, I'm imagine, I imagine that's where the stalemate is at at this point is the fact of both, uh, I know, especially Hughes, I've heard as really, really, that camp has really been gunning for the, uh, a deal that gets him to UFA status simply because of, you know, because he, because he could get more on the open market and he can, and that's what McCarr signed as well. Like McCarr's deal, when he, when it's up, he's going to be a UFA. Exactly. And it, frankly, in the Canucks, it would have been in the Canucks best interest to let to go for that big long term contract, even if it buys into UFA, because it would have given you uh, a lot of time on it with a great defenseman through most of his prime, the majority of it. Uh, but now but that doesn't that's not really possible under their cap structure. So it really comes down to the fact of can they can they convince both of these players that it's worth at least sticking around potentially Instead of for, say, like the max eight years that they would have, closer to that, another, say, 11 or so, because you're looking at the pl- at a plus three on top of maybe signing that max seven or eight down the road. Yeah, and with uh, with Elias Pettersson and Quinn Hughes uh, out of training camp, there's obviously going to be uh, a lot of opportunities for other players to step up in training camp, right? Like with those two guys out, there's going to be tons of opportunities. One of those guys uh, could be, uh, the uh, a player that connects signed on a PTO in Alex Chason. But before we talk about Alex Chason, I want to talk to you about BetOnline.ag. BetOnline.ag is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new and updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use the promo code, code NFL100. BetOnline.ag, your law, online sportsbook experts. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend log in for all the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before. So you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. 
Okay, so news came out yesterday that Alex Chason signing a PTO professional trial with the Vancouver Canucks. And this was surprising to me because it wasn't too long ago Alex Chason was scoring 20 plus goals with the Edmonton Oilers, right? Like he was, he was, uh, again, he was uh, locked on the hip of uh, McDavid for a lot of that. So uh, not surprising. Yeah. A lot of players are going to score a lot of goals if you're playing with McDavid on a, on a regular basis, but it still was pretty shocking to me. Again, this is, he's not far removed from a, uh, from a 20 goal season. And he couldn't get a, couldn't get a regular deal. So, I mean, Lachlan, Alex chase on, does he have an actual shot of making this team? Because, you know, the Canucks made a big deal about going out and signing a bunch of players for their AHL team. And looks like Abbotsford Canucks are probably going to be one of the better teams in the uh, AHL to start their, uh, inaugural season but you know the Canucks do have a lot of depth and is there any chance Alex Chazon could make this opening night roster I think it's entirely possible especially uh with the the loss of Tyler Mott at least for the beginning of the year I think it's I think it's well within the possibility that they look at him as a good depth signing um I think he's gonna have to really battle for it there's a lot of younger guys uh who are gonna especially like homegrown prospects that are gonna be um, worth giving a bet, a better, a bigger look to because simply because of the fact that they have a more long-term future with the Canucks. But like you said, it's not long ago, he was playing a lot of minutes uh, with Connor McDavid on the Oilers. Granted, you know, that team was a little bit light on the depth side of things, but overall, he's always put up a decent number of points on uh, teams that have not necessarily always been the absolute best. Uh, I think that the option is there at the very least that let's say he looks pretty good. Uh, he looks decent in camp there. It's a possibility that right now that they maybe look at say a two-way contract for a guy like Alex chase on, because again, this is the, this is the benefits of having your team, your AHL team in Abbotsford now is just this, is this a fact that you can send players down potentially you can, you can convince players, uh, veteran players uh, to take a little bit of, to take a, a pay cut to play pretty much in the same market to play. Essentially you might be playing on a lower uh, in a smaller arena in front of less fans and to less fanfare, but you're still going to get a decent, you're going to still get a decent paycheck that way. And you're going to be playing in a, in a top uh, in a top market with the option of potentially getting called up to the Canucks later on. I think at the very least they're putting, they're not putting all their eggs in one basket. They're doing a very good job of potentially, uh, finding a few guys who might be surprises uh, during the preseason might prove that they're worth uh, a real shot at the NHL level. I could see him playing fourth line minutes and being a decent and being a decent uh, depth wing, uh, depth winger. But uh, overall, yeah, I think this is just good. This is just good uh, management, right? This is good asset management as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, the favorite term of every. Uh fancy stack guy out there, asset management. But uh, you know what? I think it's an open competition for those fourth line wings, right? Like I think, you know, and we're going to talk about this uh, a bit later with that middle six uh, competition, but I think the players in there are pretty much set in stone. It's the matter of who's playing with you, but those that fourth line left wing, that fourth line right wing is pretty much wide open, right? Like I think most people penciled in Brandon Sutter as the uh, fourth line center to start the season, but yeah, Alex chase on why, why not? If he has a good camp, why not give him a shot on you know the fourth line and and see what he can do? I'm still holding out hope for my boy Nick Patan to make the team out of uh, uh, on the opening night. You know, and you know what? We forgot to mention this yesterday, Lachlan. You know who Nick Patan's head coach was with the Portland Winterhawks? 
in junior. Was it Travis Green? It was Travis Green. So there's a connection right. there already. There's a connection there. Uh, granted, it did not work Looking out with Sven Berchi. It did not work out with Derek Pouliot, that junior connection. But you know what? Why not give it another shot? Why not? Again, I, I, want I don't know why you needed right to remind me of... De- I don't know why you need to remind me of Derek Pouliot today. I didn't need that today. This is supposed to be a fun day. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Like, the, the connection's there. And again, like, he, ha- I think Alex Chason has a chance to make this team out of camp, out of camp, you know, if he has a strong camp. Again, the fourth line, it, it's wide open on the wing. So he, I think he, he very much has a shot. And I'm just intrigued by a guy, again, who scored, you know, a ton of goals with the Oilers not too long ago, picking him up on a PTO and potentially getting him on on a you know on a low cost deal and you mentioned Abbotsford yeah i think that's a big selling point for a lot of these guys why how why why do you why don't you think Abbotsford got so many of these you know quote unquote quad a guys to start their inaugural season right cuz it's close by to the NHL team it's an easy call up and you know you can spend you can flex your financial might in the AHL without really going against the salary cap right so it's a good so even if Alex Chason doesn't make the team out of camp he becomes another great player for, you know, the Abbotsford Canucks. Exactly. There's it. You're you're just giving yourself some more opportunity. That say a guy uh, for a guy to potentially uh, sprout some wings or find uh, refine their game at, in Abbotsford and get that call up, and you have that opportunity to do so because you've uh, made the effort to go out and find a lot of like low cost, low like low cost, low risk. Uh, signings i think it it's 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 gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see if chase on can uh say make himself kind of stand out among that group that that uh that group of guys fighting for that for those uh for that fourth lines for that those fourth line wings i think it's possible i think he's gonna especially have like a big fight with guys like you know matthew highmore i think is gonna get you know a lot of opportunities i think you're gonna see you mentioned nick batan was some as somebody else who's probably gonna be in that mix as well uh, even you look at say like, uh, like Will Lockwood looks usually very good, like in the beginning of like training camps, he's had a lot of he, good training, he's camps. training camp. He's a training camp McDavid. He looks really good in training camp every year. And then when it comes to the games, it's like, okay, cool. He's okay. He's okay. Like he's never been a minus. I don't think in any of like the NHL games, but yeah, he's never like necessarily stood out completely. Um, but yeah, like William Lockwood is probably a guy that they'd be wanting to give every single potential opportunity to because he's a young because he's only he's only twenty three, and uh, whereas Chason's already thirty, so he's gonna have some real like hurdles. He's gonna have some people. He's really gonna have to prove that he can play at a higher level than. But either way, he's uh, giving himself another. He's giving himself a good opportunity, and you kind of mentioned it with Pedersen Hughes earlier. He's betting on himself. That's what Alex Chason is doing here. Yeah, and I think for Alex Chason, it's a good opportunity to you know try and make a, uh, a NHL squad. That you know, again, he they have a spot open on the the fourth line, and you know we know this is the Vancouver Canucks. Injuries are going to happen, right? So he can he's shown before that he can move up in the lineup and play there in a pinch. So I can see that why Alex Chason decided to give a shot with the PTO with the Vancouver Canucks, because there's a shot, there's a shot there. If there's injuries, he can maybe move up the lineup. Again, the Canucks have at least like a, a few options for competent depth this season. Then if you can add Alex Chase on to the mix, I think again, it's, it's, it's a home. It's a, you're swinging for the fences here with Alex Chase on either, you know, you're going to have a home run and he's going to be a look, look like a good fit. Uh, in the forward group, or you send him down to the AHL, and then you can forget about him, right? 
Yeah. Or if it's, and even if it's say it's a complete mess, it's a pro tryout, who cares? You don't have to work. There's no, there's no long-term effects on that. So yeah, your odds on this working out for you are pretty good. It's pretty low risk. And uh, I, I say this a lot. I say this a lot about like past cup champions. One of the things that they do so well, like every cup champion has really good, like just capable depth. They don't need to be superstars. They just need, they just need guys who can, uh, replace one another can come up, play a few, like a season or two and take over if there's injuries or what, et cetera. All the best teams are able to just keep replenishing that third and fourth line. They never bring, they never bring them in for max, like ca- max contracts or like insane amount of money. They just keep finding cheap players and just rotating through them year after year after year. And that's how some teams are able to either stay on top or they get, uh, you see a lot of teams make the cardinal mistake of say, giving those guys big money because they want a championship and then you kind of see that dip, that dip, them take a dip over the next few years. So if the Canucks are looking at it in that regard, where they look at it as this is part of the capable depth sort of direction, that's good for them. That's a very good thing for them. And it's a direction they should have been looking at a long time ago, but at least they're getting to it now. Yeah. And, and another interesting uh, thing to watch in Canucks training camp is going to be the battle for the middle six uh, forward roles. But before we get to that, I want to talk to you about rock auto this episode of locked on canucks is brought to you by rock auto with the ever-increasing number of makes and models now possible for you for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need why endure off often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry you have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket you can save time and money while using Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourself for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably, reliably low for every customer. Nothing worse than getting overcharged for a part at a, a local auto shop. They have everything you can need, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Okay, so the middle six battle in the forward group for the Vancouver Canucks is one to watch. I think, you know, it's arguably the most interesting and even maybe even more so with uh, Elias Patterson uh, still out in the uh, still out holding out for a, for a new contract. Uh, it, I think at the beginning of the year, if everyone's there, you, you, I would have penciled Bo Horvat as a second center. Obviously, Jason Dickinson as the uh, as a third line center. I think we can uh, all agree on that. And the wings are are to be determined. Uh, Vasily Podkolzin, I think, would be cool to play either the second or third line. Tanner Pearson, Bo Horvat's best buddy. I think he's gonna you know have a good shot to make that second line right wing. Uh, Niels Hoaglander, does he still get a chance to play on the second line left wing with uh, Pod Colson here? A lot of interesting, lot of interesting uh, things to consider. And you know what? With Elias Patterson still holding out, does this mean we're going to see JT Miller at center? The whole reason why they traded for Jason Dickinson to avoid this situation. Are we actually going to see JT Miller uh, as a center at, at some point for the Canucks? There's a lot of interesting questions to uh, to consider for the Vancouver Canucks in that middle six forward group. 
Yeah, well, if you want to look at uh, uh, the what we might be seeing down the line here, at least with a, in the short term without Hughes and Pedersen, uh, Thomas Durant's actually just tweeted out the full like the line rushes from uh, the Group B. Group B just stepping on the ice a, a few minutes before we uh, started before we started recording here. Uh, they they he has JT Miller listed at center, uh, centering Jace, uh, uh, Connor oh Garland and Connor Garland and Fasilipud Golzin. Okay, so, so JT Miller second line center the start. At least at least right now. Now again, we should be very clear here that uh, this is day one of training camp. We could be. No, we need we are, to, This is this is our job as, mean, as people who cover the Vancouver Canucks. We need to overanalyze this. As overreacted, much as overanalyze everything. Correct. That's true. I mean, you 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 love Nick Patan, and he uh, he centered Nils Hoaglander and Brock Besser earlier today. There so we that's go. top line Nick Patan. That's what I like to hear. That, uh, and then you have Horvat with Pearson and McEwen, and you you know they're they're splitting the groups up obviously during the training camp because they have so many players to go through. Um, but just looking into kind of reading into, you can definitely catch a glimpse of some of the early thinking. Uh, from the team, like the idea that right now, at least Miller's probably more of a fill-in case right now because of Pedersen oh, being out. Yeah. And like, as soon as he's comes back, uh, I think you'll see kind of the I think you'll see the Lotto line very quickly come back. Um, one thing that is interesting, uh, worth that feels worth noting at least right now is you have an idea of like Justin Dowling on one one of the lines they have is Justin Dowling playing with uh Matthew Highmore and Danila Klimovich, who is supposed to go back to junior supposed to go to junior but he's been very like animated about how he feels he could play in the nhl right now like he's been I'm saying sure all he, the things i'm sure he feels it but i don't think it's the yeah. best for his development Which, you know yeah. what i think for klimovich sorry to get off track here but for klimovich just send him back to the qmjhl let him score like one and a half two points a game and you know what what's the rush get him, get i mean some, getting some confidence there is no rush, but there is no rush right now. But you might, you never know if, say, Klimovich comes into training camp, looks incredible. He might force them to go in that direction anyway. Like, if he's just clearly that good, and it, it's entirely possible that he comes out and has, like, the best training camp ever, he might force his way in there anyway. I think that he, he's coming in at least with the confidence in himself that he can potentially win that spot. And sometimes that goes a long way. Like you could very easily, you could very easily at that level, just say, this is what I do. I'm this good. I'm going to, sh- and I'm going to prove it when I step on the ice. And he might, he might be able to change their minds. Um, overall, I think that's, and I think that's interesting. I think that's pretty interesting. I think you'll see. Yeah. yeah I think Miller's probably going to spend some time, uh, you know, playing center for the time being. I think you're going to see, I think I do find it already a good sign that, uh, put Colson is playing with Garland. Like right now, I think I, I like that idea of having him playing with regular top NHL wings. I don't think there's any doubt in people's minds, at least right now, until we see him in some game action, at least that put Colson is probably going to make the team like right out of camp. He, he would have to be pretty bad to not, you know, that's yeah. kind of the thought process right now on the middle six, you know, penciled in. It's, it's his to lose. Yeah, and it's just a matter of finding the right fit. Do you want him on a second line where he can uh, show his opportunities to show that offensive flair that we've seen? Like, I, I remember watching the World Juniors on Bob Colson. He's a great passer. Like, there's so many opportunities where he had, like, an amazing pass, and then his Russian teammate just couldn't finish. So do you want yeah, him that there... type of opportunity, or do you want him on a third line, which we know Travis Green likes his third line, especially to be the matchup line. Do you want him to be a matchup guy? I mean, that's a question they got to figure out. 
I think I I mean I do think that this in in this particular season the way the Canucks are structured at forward if you put him on the third line I actually think he he'll be still pretty well put in a spot where he's going to be able to play a lot of like offensive minutes I think he's still going to get those opportunities I think especially the addition of Jason Dickinson really gives me hope that it he'll be able to still do the things that makes Vasily Pitgolzin special uh, without having to worry that they don't have like that stabilizing force there. Because sometimes that's your biggest worry with the younger guys. Is they're still learning defense, especially uh, when you're so used to having the puck all the time. Um, and with Dickinson, that's he's the stabilizing force potentially on that third line. If you put him uh, with, if you put Colson with Dickinson and say Tanner Pearson, who I, I expect to be on that third line, that's a scoring line. Like that's a good looking scoring line. Sure, they can and, be a scoring line, but is Travis Green going to deploy him as such? I, I think he will. I think he'll give him, I think at the very least, he'll give him every opportunity to succeed in the early going. Like, I, I think putting him on the third will mean not only will he not always be playing the toughest matchups, like, say, uh, an Elias Patterson led line is going to for sure be just put up against the shutdown line of the other team. Bo Horvat's line is obviously going to get tougher, tougher minutes, especially when you factor in that Connor Garland's probably on that wing and Nils Hoaglander. I think. You're gonna. I think that third line is gonna get the benefit of some really good, of some really prime matchups in the early going, and I think it could benefit Podkolzin pretty well if he's playing with that group. Yeah, and I think for uh, Connor Garland, like he's gonna be an interesting player to watch uh, going forward because I think most people have him penciled in as that second line uh, right wing, and I'm interested to see you know the chemistry he ha- if he has better chemistry with uh, Bo Horvat, or, or I guess for now, JT Miller, right? Like, it's going to be, uh, I'm going to be fascinated to see, like, how Connor Garland uh, gets utilized in, in this middle six. Yeah, I think he's going to, I think they're, I think they're going to be pretty uh, adamant to try and get back that lotto line together, uh, at least when they can, because of how well they work together. But in the time, but if not, I do think that there's, you know, there's definitely a possibility that you look at the idea of say putting Miller on line two uh, later down the road and maybe going with Garland on line one, if you really need, like you're really going all in on the scoring. I think the best part about this group that they've had, at least in their top six, if you're looking at say, let's say everybody signed you, it's Pedersen, Besser, Hoaglander, Horvat, Miller, and Garland. Those guys are pretty interchangeable. Like there are ways that you can shuffle between those two groups and those groups that would work out well for what, for different needs. Like you can very easily have say, ideally you have it, you have them pretty like you, you try to distribute the scoring as evil evenly as possible with them because you don't want to have such a a top heavy group. But if you're looking at a point where say you need late in the game, you just need a goal. Maybe sometimes you throw Garland out there with Pedersen and Besser and see what they can do. And maybe you put Miller and Horvat to kind of just try and, uh, try and facilitate something a little bit more on the creative side of things. I think they have the opportunity here to really like um, really mix up the groups as much as they can and not without taking away from chemistry. And I think that's going to really benefit them. Yeah, it's going to be, uh, there's going to be a lot of, uh, a lot of interesting battles to, uh, to dissect in, uh, in uh, the Canucks training camp. And we're going to be talking about it uh, a lot more tomorrow on, uh, on tomorrow's episode. Uh, That has it for another episode of Locked On Canucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Don't forget to listen to Locked On Bets. Betting on hockey doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new 
Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get podcasts. Once again, this is the Locked On uh, Canucks podcast. Uh, Thank you for making this the first listen in your day. And uh, yeah, thank you for listening.